is the first Sunday of December, and you know what that means? It means it's the first of four weeks of Christmas ECSP. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, nursing a hangover. With me, as always, is the hangover. Uh, <laughs> oh, the wolf pack is back, baby. Also with me is oh. Mr. Joe Towder there. Oh, but we can't remember what we did last night again. Let's piece it together in a comical yeah. fashion. Yeah, and, and oh, what's this tattoo I've got on my face? Oh, oh. 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 Well, oh. And also there, the, the, we call him the wacky one, right? Mr. Paul Griffin. I'm the Zach Galifianakis one. Oh, who's this? It's only uh, lovable rapist Mike Tyson. <laughs> what are you doing here? I hate to see Mike Tyson. Me, me, me. Oh, dear me. Well, the lads are all back anyway. What a Christmas treat we have for all of you uh, uh, listeners this week. The boys are back in town, as the song says. Uh, why don't we start here, uh, as we always do, with a bit of life golf. And I mean, Joe, do you have an explanation for us as to why you were missing? It's a very busy time of year. We all have stuff to be doing, right? I know, but the show needs to take precedence. We have to talk about NXT without you, okay? Which I know, I know, would deeply upset you, right? Um, right. Well, but, what it is, right? Um, last week, um, I was busy because okay. <laughs> cause I had uh, I was back from holiday and I had a lot of freelance work to do. I had to get that done by last Sunday night. So that okay. was that. Uh, week before that, I was in Los Angeles getting married. So fuck off. Oh, 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 right. So, so that's that's a no on the NXT review. Then I guess you probably didn't make time for that in there. Um, it looked shit to be honest. Yeah, but you like you like the old war games, don't you? you I like, like the, the... war games. I don't like. He that. literally likes the old war games. I oh, like two I... of the old war games. The two good ones. And then everything else was shit. So, yeah. 91 and 92. Watch them. I feel like we're focusing on the wrong part. Oh, what? Joe got married. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Just going to add war games to the rundown here. Yeah, you said that. You mentioned it it in your speech. It was was a a beautiful moment. We were all moved. Yeah. You know, it was Tully Blanchard with a spike down his trunks. And I just got very emotional. Sounds like a weird wedding. Yeah, so that happened. Um, but that's that. Good. <laughs> Any thoughts on, on, on one what question being each? married? <laughs> Any thoughts uh, being married? Uh, no. Next question. All right, oh. go on, Paul. I was going to say, this is our first ever marriage review on CS Marriage Guff. I not, ain't been married. Not, not Guff. I ain't been married yet, so I don't know how that goes. Good, was it? I don't know. Yeah, you do the thing. And then you, you ring, and then that's about it, really. Right. I assume a paper will come through eventually. But... Some kind of paper and something about tax, probably. I don't know. Do you like to get one of them? Oh, I'm not paying any taxes over there. They can fuck off. Unless oh. he wants to give me a big tax cut. Well, I was talking about tax cuts, not about paying tax. So. Uh, yeah. I don't know. By the way, anyway. can I just say, not to d- distract from the wedding thing, if, if listeners are listening to this and it sounds off in some way, I can't quite put my finger on what it is. I, I, I'm here sitting here listening to myself talk and Joe talk and Barry talk. Something's wrong. I can't quite... 
figure out what it is. Because um, the internet's working. It's even when I'm talking, I, I, I can usually hear myself in my headset. I can't right now. So something is afoot. Sounds like you have the best possible feed of a podcast, huh? So I apologize yeah. if that is that the is, case. That sound really clear to me. Mm. Yeah, it sounds good to me on this end, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's my end that is recording, so that's the thing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, spaghetti Um... Yeah, I'm not hungover, by the way, because I don't, don't drink in that. Well, you yeah. don't drink. Uh, I was, I've been, I was up until about six a.m. last night uh, watching UFC, so I am knackered. Oh, that's say worse than a hangover. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't even. I had fun. You didn't even have fun. <laughs> you didn't even enjoy yourself when you're hungover. <laughs> so I'm gonna rely a lot on. Barry and Joe for content this week. Uh, kind of a lot on Joe, to be fair, if Barry's hungover. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I meant to tell you before we started, I was like, I'm going to need you to bring the energy today, lads, because it's not coming from me. Oh, well, let me just say as well about in the week, right? Because uh, last week, obviously, we had no we had no podcast. And I, I put out a tweet saying that we were going to do one in the next few days. Because uh, as Joe mentioned already, he was legitimately busy on this Sunday night. He, 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 we have our little chat between the three of us. He said, do you mind if we don't do it tonight? Do it one of the next couple of days in the week. And I said, yeah, sounds good. Um, then on Monday, I had just the busiest day of work. And when I got home, I was in no condition to perform. I was, I was Jeff Hardy at Victory Road 2011. Um, so, I, <laughs> so I sent a text saying... I, I don't want to do it today, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then are in the closed ball area. I don't want to do it today. And then on Tuesday, there was footy. Uh, and then on Wednesday, it was kind of like, well, we're already at Wednesday. If we do a show today, there'll be nothing to talk about the weekend. So we just let, we just left it, ultimately. Had a, week, a little week off, which I think is deserved. Um, uh, but then, yeah, we're doing it tonight, and I am as tired as tired can be. I can't hear myself in my headphones. I don't hear the snare in my headphones, Dre. Uh, <laughs> as as Eminem, Eminem famously said in the intro to that song. Um, I forget which one it was. Where, the way I am, maybe? I'm not sure. Uh, the way I am, yeah. The yeah. way I am, yeah. yeah. I, have no, I have no Barry in my headphones. Uh, there he is. Uh, so there, yeah. Congratulations, of course, to Joe. Thanks. Um... Uh, can't wait to go over and party uh, in London with you guys. Be very, very uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Barry and myself will probably follow you someday into the world of uh, marriage. Yeah. Well, depending on depending on the subsequent reviews from Joe, you know, if, if he if he discourages it, we'll we'll pay up a year. It's a bit, yeah. It's a bit like getting a new console. You got, you know, at first you're very excited, and then you're like, actually, should have waited. And... <laughs> I hope, I hope, I hope she's listening. Uh, I should have just got a new PC. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, like, how many switches could you have bought for the money you spent on the wedding? You know? I know, I know, mad. Think about it that way. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram if you, if anyone wants to uh, see updates or pictures or anything. Yeah. Uh, town, Townstagram 
is my. Um... You were looking. You were looking pretty suave. I have to say. Well, mate, I know. What can I say? Speaking of that, I have um, a diet update because I know Paul was on a, a diet. I don't know how well that's been going. I'm f- I'm fatter than ever. Yeah, I thought as much. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I actually follow, follow on Paul on Instagram as well. <laughs> I did an Instagram the other day. There you go. Are you, uh, are you, uh, oh yeah, I like that one. I did it. Uh, there you go. Right. Um, yeah, so I lost some weight in the run up to the Reading Summer about nine or ten pounds lighter than I was two months ago. Oh man, okay. it's basically nothing left of me. I think it might have been quite a bit. Of that was muscle, not just fat. Oh. So I now look emaciated rather than just trim. Um, so now I'm, I'm kicking in with the protein. Um, before I was just like on soup for lunch every day. Yeah. Now, boom, chicken, grilled chicken. I'm having, I'm having that. I'm having tuna, eggs. Um, try and try and get in shape. Um, so that's that's good. Uh, what else have I done? Um, Christmas party was on uh, Friday night. Our work Christmas party. Um, I'll be honest. I got pretty fucking blackout drunk. <laughs> This is one of Honestly, my, my favorite little recurring segments is Joe's stories about when he goes out and gets absolutely smashed. <laughs> this this was probably the worst I've had since I left uni. Oh, really? like, and I think it's probably related to the weight loss as well, because hmm. obviously as you lose weight, you can't, you know, your constitution diminishes. You're literally um, a lightweight. Yeah, you can't, because the fat is, I think, is where alcohol gets stored, right? right. As far as I understand it, I'm not a scientist, but anyway. <laughs> Um, that's, yeah, so, you know, since I've lost a bit more weight, I can't even drink up two pints. And, I, and it was an open bar. Um, not only an open bar, but they were sort of pre-making the cocktails. So the cocktails were just sort of sat on the bar. So you didn't even have to ask for one or wait for it to be made. You just popped your empty glass down, picked up another one. So that was deadly. I don't really remember anything after about nine o'clock. Um, literally... I have no memory of what happened or how I got home. Um, I think I must have got on a train at some point because I ended up at a train station. And then I tried to get an Uber back to my flat. But the the last destination I'd used was actually my mum's house. So I ended up there instead of uh, my house. Um, kicked on the sofa for a few hours. Woke up at 4.30. I thought, oh, fucking hell. I need to go back <laughs> to my flat. So then I had to get an Uber. Back to the flat um, at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, got in, <laughs> fell asleep in the hallway uh, until about 6 o'clock. Jesus Christ. Using my uh, suit jacket as a, as a pillow. <laughs> and, um, yeah, eventually got into bed at about 6 or 7. So that was good. Um, felt a little bit rough on Saturday. So, yes, very unfortunate. Um, yeah. But well, it, it was good. It was a good time. Sounds uh, like it, yeah. Yeah, I think. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's the Christmas party done this year. Anyway. Another one down, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've, I, this is the worst I've been in. I can't I've actually, I, I have not been drinking that much uh, lately. Even yeah. you know, on occasions when I am drinking, I'm, I'm you know, toning it down, just avoid the hangovers. But this is this is our, our, our you know work Christmas party work is super stressful lately, I think, for all of us. So we were like, this is a big night to blow off steam and oh the steam was blowing off as as was all the food I'd eaten yesterday when I came home. Mm. Uh, 
I had to pop down to Duds to get some drain uh, unblocker uh, today. <laughs> what to drink? <laughs> I was a little bit tempted, I'll be honest. Yeah, he's uh, on the mats already. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, yeah, went a little, a little overboard, but had a good time, and I got a big Chinese into me anyway today. So back on, back on track. See, so seems like seems like Paul's the, the smart one of the group here. Uh, uh, for that, for that, for that, indulging in the devil's poison. Yeah, well, you'd say that, but um, in in the interim since we've been on, I I did jump down a few um, steps of stairs in my house, and oh, I'm God. I'm pretty confident in saying that I've I've torn something in my knee. Oh God! Uh, because it it's very sore to walk on and feels very uh, unstable to walk on, but. Uh, I digress. It might just be, you know, when I used to jump down some of the stairs, I was a live 17-year-old. Now, <laughs> at 29 and, you know, another third of the weight on again that I weighed then, uh, maybe maybe my jumping down the stairs days are over because I've done I myself a damage. I thought you were going to say a lithe 17 stone. Um, uh, well, no. Not not that bad, yeah. What would that be in pounds? Seventeen stone for our listeners. That's a hundred and eight kilos. That would be uh, two hundred and thirty-eight pounds. Yeah. No, I'm not quite there. I'm I'm closer to uh, to one hundred and ninety, hundred ninety-five pounds maybe. About fourteen stone. Still too heavy to be jumping down stairs. Um, yeah. Because the stairs in our house kind of, you have. Uh, you know, the, the flight of stairs has like a, a little landing and then a turn in it. Like a 90 degree turn. So it's not just a straight flight of stairs up. It turns at the top. So, yeah, so yeah. I jump down maybe four stairs to the little landing and then we'll walk down the rest. Um, but, but not anymore. That's what I used to do. Now I'm in too much pain. And uh, yeah. So although I haven't uh, drank myself into oblivion, I've done myself... Uh, bad in other ways. And uh, as I've already mentioned today, I'm too tired to be able to fix the audio of this <laughs> podcast we're recording. I just can't be bothered. Merry Christmas. Eh, well. Merry fucking Christmas, you scumbag, you maggot, you cheap loud. What? Hmm? What? <laughs> at, at the Christmas party last night, I did beat out a verse of uh, Fairy Tale. Uh, the, a non-problematic verse. Don't worry. Uh, uh, just that that first one. Uh, yeah. So so I, I did my nation proud. You could what what rhymes with that that you could change it to? Um, change, it to they, they, change it to blaggard. Yeah, I think they, they didn't lousy, someone blaggard. cover it do that. Yeah, yeah. On, on cover versions, I think I've heard that. Yeah, I wrote, is that not what Roden Keating did? I think. Sure. Oh, he would, wouldn't he? I guess. Uh, you taggart. Oh, I know the city like a lover. Hmm. Um, also this week, I went to a little thing called the Crystal Maze Experience um, with work. So is, it, I don't, is it the TV show? Yeah, so I don't know if all this is, well, to be honest, none of the Americans will know what the Crystal Maze is. I assume you two have a passing familiarity with... Yeah, Crystal Maze is one of my favourite shows as when, I, when I was a youngster. Uh, but yeah, so basically it's like kind of a, an act, active game show type thing. It was a bit a bit of a weird 
eccentric show. So there was this thing called the Crystal Maze and it had different areas in it and you had to go into teams that would go into a room and compete uh, different tasks like yeah, look it up on YouTube, The Crystal Maze, because it's really hard to explain, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's something, you know, if you grew up in the 90s, um, it's an iconic piece of television, a bit of cult TV that everyone remembers. Um, so, and they actually have now like a, an experience. You can book a day out and go there uh, for like, as a, as a group, or you can do it as a corporate events and that sort of thing. So yeah, so I, got, I had the chance to do that this week. I uh, went along to that. Very, very fun. I was a bit nervous because I was very excited to do it, but I thought, oh, God, what if I don't get any crystals? Um, that'd be embarrassing. Um, luckily, it was fine. Um, they they have, like, a host that takes you around who kind of plays the sort of Richard O'Brien-type role, and they're a bit wacky, and they were actually quite fun. I thought they might get a bit annoying, but they were they were actually really nice. Um, so that was good. We all had a good go at the, the um, tasks. I managed to nail four crystals out of five games. Not to brag, but... That was pretty bloody good. Pretty good. Um, yeah, so we had fun, and then we got to go in the in the Crystal Dome as well, which is the big thing where they blow golden envelopes around, and you have to grab yeah. Out. Turns out really hard. Um, I thought the people on that show were just useless, but turns out grabbing shiny gold things out of the air actually quite difficult. Um, so I'd just like to apologise to all of the Crystal Maze participants over the years that I laughed at. Um, yeah, very fun. Very fun. If anyone, anyone's in London and gets a chance to do it, highly recommended. Hmm. Also, well, I'm, I made brownies just now, and they went really badly. Well, what, how bad did they go? Well, it says use an, an 8 inch by 8 inch like baking tin. And I had one that's like eight by twelve, and I thought, ah, oh, that won't make much difference. Um, turns out it does make a bit of difference. So if you are a baker, I would recommend follow the follow the instructions because uh, it just uh, didn't work that well. Anyway, brownie update. I will try again better next look, week. Better look next time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Elsewhere in life, golf. I don't know if there's anything else really. Uh, obviously, we didn't have a show last week, but it was uh, Black Friday. It was also Thanksgiving, but who cares about that? Um, uh, you know. So, and, and either of you go out and, and see the mobs, the big mobs. Uh, I I did go into GameStop on Black Friday and I got a few things, and it, it was insanity like i've never seen it that busy oh really uh uh yeah so there was a lady in front of me spending about like i think she spent like 300 quid on games alone um which is uh uh you know which i, I would look like she was doing her christmas haul but yeah got it you know i did that went to, the following day i went to pennies to get a pair of gloves and it was just the most traumatic experience of my life um, yeah, so so we're we're in that part of the year now where it's just bedlam nonstop. Anytime you go into a public space, so uh, yeah. Um, do you want to move on from from life golf? Anything else we wanted to to discuss? No. Uh, did you get anything interesting on Black Friday? Uh, yeah, I got uh, Evil Within Two and South Park on uh, PlayStation Network. Nice. 
And uh, I, I also last week got my uh, my uh, my bonus from work. Mm. Uh, they gave us a, a bonus in the form of a voucher. So I did a lot of Christmas shopping with that. Uh, and then I had about 60 quid left on it. And the, the day I went into GameStop, I wasn't planning on going in, but I my boss stopped right inside it. And I was like, eh, you know, I've got this money. They, they've got a sale on. And I wasn't really expecting it, but I got that new Assassin's Creed just because I heard good things about it. I've been getting a little bit of an itch to, to give that a try, actually. Uh, so far, so good. I'm about three hours in, which is still super early. I heard it's pretty long. Uh, yeah. But it looks good. You know, interesting setting. Uh, you know, they've the, ga- the gameplay is like, very very different the control scheme is different so it doesn't it doesn't just feel like another one of those games which i was kind of bored of i mean i've only played like three of them and i've never i've never really enjoyed it uh i I liked the last one decently enough but i I only i didn't finish it um yeah it's it's good and and that was uh i got like the deluxe edition which didn't come with anything good it came with a few bonus weapons like it came with the bare minimum and it came with a compact disc soundtrack hmm uh so so and that was like 50 quid i think that's like the 80 euro version of the game or something so that was a good deal and i also got the uh, the sexy brutal which is an indie kind of adventure puzzle game uh that was also uh uh you know uh something that came with a, a cd so i got two cds on black friday uh which is which is bad uh but yeah so you know i actually i think that's more than i usually get on on uh on black friday but yeah i got some decent stuff you know uh, and I, man- I managed to do it with minimal, you know, <laughs> minimal time in the actual shop. So yeah, what about you? Did you get anything? Uh, yeah, I got two things. I got uh, both on the PlayStation Store. They, they, their sale was was very good. Yeah, I got a year of PS Plus. Nice uh, for four e five because I I've been paying it on a monthly deal, which is like nearly twice as expensive. Yeah. So I thought that'd be a nice idea to get. I also um, picked up Oxen Free for Fiverr, um, and I might maybe gonna play that between Fractured But Whole and Mario Odyssey, which I'm just, by the way, looking at buying Mario Odyssey right now as we do this show. Because um, obviously, I, I've mentioned before, Mario Odyssey is my christmas game is not that i'm getting it for christmas but it's a a game that i've been purposely putting off buying uh so that i could specifically um play it over my christmas holidays uh i can get it on amazon Mm. for 50 euro which is not too bad given that the um i think it's 70 if you buy it through the switch store yeah so on amazon okay it's a physical version of it which is fine but uh 50 euro 65 cent it's not too bad yeah so i think i'll pick that up now anyway what do you want what do you want to talk uh, about next uh we got a bit of telly we wanted to discuss who's watched some telly <laughs> I, well i've added on something to the telly guff here that at the end which might surprise some people um, there's a series on BBC Two right now called Master Chef: The Professionals, which I've for whatever reason got completely addicted to. Um, <laughs> I was actually just watching it there before we started recording. Uh, was the one from Thursday? We we Sky Sky Plus it, and we were just watching it there. And I, I I don't eat a lot of different kinds of foods. I'm a very picky eater, 
but for whatever reason i i love to watch people make real intricate like food um and yeah i love it it's 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 also a show that i can kind of watch with natty and we can both like really enjoy as opposed to the other stuff that i make her watch like the wrestling and the football (laughs) um which by the way hell of a match on saturday um which I believe Barry was watching some of as well. Oh yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, it was great. That's one of the most fun, most fun game of football I think I've ever watched. Um, I don't know. it was mad. It was something. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Master Chef. Uh, we just watched. We we've watched every episode of this series so far, and the the one last one we just watched was the the last uh, he, uh, round of heats. So the the next one on Monday or Tuesday, whenever it airs, will be. Uh, the first knockout round. Ooh. I'm loving it. It's great. That's all I've been watching. I just wanted to mention it because I, <laughs> I don't think anybody else is expecting me to watch MasterChef. It's, but, it's uh, just like regular MasterChef, but they're like, proper cooks. They are, so. they're, they're, they're proper chefs. Chefers. Not just some, you know, post, some postman or something. Postman they've dragged in off the street. Exactly. Give it a sauce. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. It is. Okay, I just bought Mario Odyssey, so that's been uh, Woo! on its way. Estimated delivery, 13th of December to the 19th. And I get my holidays off work, 19th of December, so that's perfect. Right. Well, who else has been watching TV then? Proper shows. Uh, well, I, uh, I went to uh, my mom's for dinner twice this week, and both times she was watching Four in a Bed, um, which is an amazingly British program. It's basically where uh, uh, four B&B owners uh, take turns visiting each other's B&Bs, right? And it's, you know, it's kind of like, a, it's come dine with me, basically, but with B&Bs. Mm. And they, you know, they film them, you know, staying there and inspecting the rooms. And then they fill out little, they fill out little re- review uh, scorecards uh, that are sent to the person whose B&B it is that given week and it's all named so they all know who's giving them what ratings it's not even anonymous and they're just being as bitchy as fuck like uh, swiping their fingers along the skirting boards of the room oh. and they see, see a speck of dust they go oh Margaret you won't believe the, the, the condition they've given us this room in I'm afraid that, that, that'll be a 3 out of 10 on the old form and then, and then the best scene is that so it's like like without me. I think it's like a week long thing where each episode is they go to one of the B and Bs, and then the next day they have another episode, and and so on and so forth. Uh, but at the end of every episode, they read the reviews, and they sit the four of them around a table, and they read the reviews, and obviously they have their bickering about the uh, uh, you know the scores they gave them, but also the people who are staying at the B and B get to decide how much they want to pay. So they're told this is a seventy pound room, and they go to the final meeting at the end, and it's like the 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 person reads the review and they get this like scathing review, and they're like, okay, and uh, let's see how much Margaret and John paid to stay in our place, and they count out the money, and they go. Hmm. Sixty-eight pounds. That's a, a two-pound underpayment. Yes. Well, you know, we just we, we thought that the conditions they they were outrageous in some ways, honestly. And and I one one guy was like, my egg was a little overcooked. 
<laughs> and that was his justification for paying like a five or less. And they just argue about fucking, you know, the, the one or two pounds. Oh, it's amazing. It's it's terrible, but it's amazing. Uh, so yeah, I watched two episodes of that. It was great. Um, and then I watched more Punisher. It's still good. I haven't, I don't, I haven't finished it yet. I mentioned it last time we were on the air, but that's that's uh, one of the better Marvel things I've seen in a while. So yeah, that's that's a solid recommendation. Two great shows. <laughs> I do also love the um, the four in a bed. Yeah, they are. They they're they're all business owners essentially, so they're all so petty about like you know supposed standards that they keep and all this. Right. There is the sort of people that run a B and B. I feel like they're actually a bit eccentric and weird. Just I don't know. Yeah, to, to run that sort of business, you need to be like that. Yeah, and there's usually one outright hippie couple as well. That like there was one episode where I saw them like they had a a boat B and B. You know, it's oh, like oh, back to nature. It's like oh god. Anyway, um, I started a show on the Netflix called. I think it's called The Sinner. Hmm. Let me Google it. Yeah, The Sinner with Jessica Biel and Bill Pullman. Um, so there's this woman and uh, she's got a kid. She's married, she's got a kid. And then she kills a fella on a beach seemingly for no reason. Um, she just like stabs him to death. That's the kind of setup. Okay. And then she just like pleads guilty and she, but she won't explain what she she says she can't doesn't know why she did it can't remember it um and there seems to be no reason so the whole kind of mystery is bill pullman as a detective trying to solve uh what actually happened why she actually did it so uh, it's not the best show but i'm quite sort of intrigued into the mystery of you know what actually happened so kind of hooked on it now um i'm about halfway through actually so i should finish it in a yeah. few days yeah, so it's all right. It's eight episodes. You can probably whisper it pretty quickly if you've uh, got no other Netflix series to watch. What about you? Uh, what about you, Paul? Just Master Chef. Just Master Chef. Okay, Master Chef is my life that... now. <laughs> um, do we want to talk a little bit of movie guff here? Uh, a bit of a quiet week. Uh, I saw Justice League last week. Hmm. Uh, it was not very good. It was not a train wreck. It was not a Suicide Squad. It was not a thank God. It was not a Batman versus Superman mess. Uh, but it was a it was a pretty it was a it was like most of like the bad traits of Marvel films uh, uh, squeezed in here. Uh, you know, it was a. Uh, team of superheroes fighting each other, but eventually they get on the same page so they can fight evil CGI men. Um, uh, who, who is, whose character is literally, I'm the most evil person imaginable and I want to blow up the world. Um, uh, so it was super dull. The writing was really bizarre because, of course, this was the film where uh, uh, Joss Whedon came in halfway through or, or like 70% through uh, to finish the film because uh, Zack Snyder had a, a family uh, uh, bereavement, um, and it, that that is absolutely reflected in the film. It is very very awkward. There's there's a ton of very awkwardly delivered Queen esque lines. Lots of Ben Affleck's Batman just 
squeezing out these painful quips that just don't fit at all. Um, and there's also the uh, the much talked about, much memed uh, CGI face on Henry Cavill uh, because he's filming something else currently. And when they came back to do the reshoots, they told him that he was not allowed to shave his beard. Uh, so they CGI'd it out and it is extremely noticeable and it looks terrible. Uh, and there's tons of close-ups of his face as well. Um, so so that's a problem. But yeah, it was not it was not a total stinker, uh, but I would never watch it again and I wouldn't recommend it really to anyone. Because um, it's just it will just worsen your uh, your uh, superhero fatigue because it just hits all those tropes in the most unremarkable fashion possible. Uh, yeah, so that was just like what what. Such a shame. I don't think I'll ever bother watching it. I mean, no, it's like it's just it's so nothing special. It really is. Um, yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to recommend. Even I mean, unless obviously if you're a DC fan. Go ahead. I think they do a decent job with some of those new characters. Cyborg and Aquaman are actually pretty good in it. Uh, but other than that, it's uh, yeah, it's it's very very standard fare. The most the most interesting scene is when spoilers they bring Superman back. Um, uh, they do something interesting with him at first, but they do not they do not follow up on it in a good way. So uh, yeah, who else has seen a movie? Um, I saw a few movies. I saw at the cinema Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, I thought it was very, very good. Uh, probably the most fun I've had watching a Marvel property since the first Iron Man. Um, it was just a fun movie. Just very silly. Lots of silly characters and funniness, wackiness happening. To the point where it probably went a bit too comical. Thor was basically David Brent. Like There, there are points where he's doing that whole kind of Uh, rambling, interrupting yourself dialogue that Brent does. And I was just thinking, Jesus, this is mental, but also fun. (laughs) I I did enjoy it. Um, Hulk was pretty funny in it. That that was all good. Uh, Like the villains were all right. Um, Yeah, it was good. It was good. I have lots to say about it. Just a fun movie. Good use of the immigrant song as well. Yeah. Well, the film. Um, thumbs up um, I watched on the plane over I watched um, The Amazing Spider No, is it The Amazing Spider-Man? No, Spider-Man uh, That's the one, yeah That's, that's the ticket uh, That was fun Certainly more fun than the, the last go-around they had on it um, I enjoyed uh, Tom Holland's performance As a, quite a young, young take on Spider-Man Um that was good. I liked the supporting characters. Uh, I liked, kind of liked what Michael Keaton was doing. He was a slightly different type of villain. Um, they didn't go too over the top and he had a bit of mystery about him. That was quite good. Uh, I wouldn't say it really captivated me. I sort of fell asleep. I was on a plane, so it wasn't just because the film was Yeah, yeah. It's a, um, that's, a tough, that's a tough venue to it's watch. It's a tough it. watch, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I then did go back and rewatch it, and it was it was good, but it didn't like really grab me in the same way as sort of other superhero movies. But yeah, overall, I'd give it a thumbs up. Thought it was pretty good. Uh, and then I watched a film called The Promise, starring uh, my man Oscar Isaac and um, Christian Bale, um, which is all about the Armenian genocide. Um, oh. Well, I think, yeah, it's a good, good film. Though I really like both those guys. Great actors. 
Um, so, so, yeah, historical drama. It's just it's interesting. Um, give it a kind of seven out of ten ish. Uh, that kind of range could have been could have been better, but it was it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, so saw some good films. That's good. Yeah. Um, did you lads watch that uh, Infinity War trailer? Yeah. Yeah. I, I again, I think this is possibly just maybe to do with having just seen Justice League, and I did really like Thor, and I like I like most of the Marvel things, but I thought it just looked like the most by the numbers, um, one of those films. Because uh, because it, it, it does just look like okay, so Tony Stark and Iron Man are probably in the first act going to maybe you know so, you know be at each other's throats, but then Thanos will show up with from the trailer what looks like the most generic evil bog aliens ever, and they're going to fight them in a field, and they'll you know there'll be a big thing hovering over New York that might blow it up if they don't win the fight, you know? Yeah, yeah, and um, would, yeah, uh, what, Thanos. Uh, it looks like the Mitchell brothers. <laughs> right. The third, the third Mitchell brother. Yeah, he does. I, I kind of could see him popping up behind uh, Phil and Grant there. Big bald head. Anyway. Yeah, yeah it was so... quite generic, but it is. It's still quite a while away, isn't it? Uh, next May. Yeah, oh, so that far. Yeah, so I mean, it's still cool seeing all the you know characters come together. That's still the novelty of those films, and they have the yeah. guardians in there. So yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm ready for I'm ready for some new ideas in these movies. Uh, so yeah, any other movies? No, I think that's it. Uh, so I played some video games. Uh, you know, those things that I bought. Uh, like Paul talked about there the last few weeks, I played Stick of Truth, South Park game. Uh, played it to completion. Really good. I, I got it free with uh, with the new one. I bought the new one for uh, in, in that Black Friday sale, and I, I, part of what encouraged me to get it is that's okay, that's like technically two games for the price of one, so that's good. Yeah, um, yeah that first one's great. Uh, first half of it, I was like, okay, this is funny, but a lot of it, a lot of it is just kind of, hey, remember this from South Park? Remember, remember the shitty walk, and remember, 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 Mad Bear Pig. I remember. Oh, you know, you, oh, you love it, don't you? And you know, it was fine. And then the second half, I thought they did a, you know, there was more of that, but there was a, some more kind of creative stuff, and it was, it was very funny. Um, also, I will echo your sentiments that it's crazy. That they didn't take into account that all the censored abortion scenes will impede your ability to do like a a, a critical mission thing later on in the game. Yeah, um, that was kind of yeah because I I I I failed that like three or four times. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, I was like, I, I haven't done this before. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, and and yeah. the instructions are not very clear that it gives you. No, that was. That was one of my problem. One of my other problems with the game is that, in general, I, I thought a lot of the on-screen prompts and commands, when when it comes to like using the magic or some of the battle prompts, were, were super unclear. Mm. Uh, I got stuck in like really trivial, silly ways several times throughout the course of the game. Uh, but you know, that's that, that's a minor uh, complaint. Generally speaking, I thought the combat was fun and and uh, the story. I love I love all the curveballs it throws. You know, all the surprises. Like I love when you go to Canada. That's such a weird thing. <laughs> The way they did Canada was, was, was very funny. Yeah, so it's fun. I'm going to jump into that second one soon. Obviously, I want to take a little bit of a break. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's good. That's a solid thumbs up. I wish they, I, I, you know, 
it's a good incentive to buy the new one, but it would be nice if you could buy that old one for like a tenner on PS4. Yeah. Um, because that was a very late, that was a late PS3 release. That might be something that comes down the line. Yeah, certainly. Um, I also started and finished uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, which is a, an indie game of sorts. It's kind of self-published by Ninja Theory, who made uh, Devil May Cry and uh, Disney Infinity, uh, one of those games. Uh, and it was bloody fantastic. It was one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, it is a kind of fusion of like a walking simulator with an action game like a Devil May Cry in there a little bit. Mm. Uh, it's not like Devil May Cry at all, but I'm saying that's the that's the kind of genre it is. You're you know you're sword fighting enemies. Um, it's basically a, a you know a, this incredible story about this kind of a Celtic warrior who who's going to hell to uh, reclaim the soul of her dead lover from. Funnily enough, Thor Ragnarok came up uh, from Hela, uh, the the same character that Kate Blanchett portrayed in 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 Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. um, and and it's kind of a game. There was a lot of talk about it when it came out. It's 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 big kind of hook is that there's um the, the main character has a psychosis, and that's woven into the game to, to the degree that it that it the whole story is really more of a parable about mental health and the stigma around it, and uh, also you know dealing with loss and all this other stuff a lot of heavy themes and so it's like a walking simulator in the sense that you're doing an awful lot of exploring uh you know uh picking you know listen you know a lot of cutscenes, a lot of just soaking up the atmosphere um a lot of talking uh some some very basic puzzle solving and that's really fun and then there's just throughout the game there's like 30 scenes where you'll just fight some demons some some literal demons mm. um and the combat is like fine i would even say it's actually pretty good it's easy to get to grips with it's it's um it's satisfying it looks and sounds good but it just feels like it's uh the game's about eight hours long or eight to ten hours so it's a bit longer than your typical what would be your typical sort of walking similar style game and i don't feel like that combat is like complex enough to kind of uh, keep you interested for that runtime. So I was near the end of the game. I was really getting to the juice of the story, and I was like, and every every time I would start a new fight, I'd be like, oh god, I just I just want to get to the end because I'm really I'm invested in the story, but I'm totally past this this combat because uh, there's no upgrades, there's no skill tree, there's no nothing. It's literally just you have uh, light attack, heavy attack, and block, and that's it. And the enemies change up a small bit. There's only about a half dozen enemy types, so you're not meeting new enemies later in the game. So that was that was one big flaw. Um, but in general, it is is tremendous. The story is is excellently done. Um, it's it's uh, you know it's scary. It's sad. It's 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 got a kind of bittersweet, uplifting ending to it. Uh, it's that's very well done. Uh, yeah, I, and I've, I've been thinking about it since I finished it, which is always a good sign. Uh, so, yeah, that's a strong recommendation. I think it's 30 quid on uh, PSN. Yeah, because um, I've looked at so, it a uh, lot and not bought it. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really really well done, and and I you know they put out a, a dev diary uh, after release saying they you know they're profitable on it. They've been very um, forward facing about the the idea behind it. They they're trying to kind of bridge the gap between indie and AAA, so they're like, you know, this isn't a two ba- a two man indie game, or but it's not. It's also not a four hundred person Ubisoft game. Uh, you know, we're twenty people. We're, we're self financing this, and and 
you know, we we've thought a lot about the length and the price. It's just, it's just very interesting. They, they they talk very earnestly about kind of their, what their aspirations are as an indie studio. So yeah, anyway, strongly recommended. Really, really, really good. Um, as I say, the gameplay isn't bad or anything. It's just it just kind of wears out its welcome. But the story is worth sticking with to, to find out because it's it's very very satisfying. Um, yeah. So there was that, and I. I think those are the two things that I played and finished. Uh, and so I have started the Assassin's Creed thing, which, as I mentioned earlier, uh, very, very good uh, uh, so far. Problem with Assassin's Creed usually is how long how long does it last? You know, does it wear out its welcome? Uh, so, so I guess I'll report back on that, but the early signs are, are pretty good. So, yeah. Okay. Do you want to go? <laughs> I was going to wait for you to segue. And now here's uh, now uh, Paul. <laughs> That's so poor. You're supposed to be the host. Um, well, since Barry talked about Stick of Truth and I talked about Stick of Truth uh, two weeks ago, I have since started uh, The Fractured But Whole, the follow-up, which Barry hasn't started playing yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost finished it um it's a fair bit longer to stick a truth i'm about 17 and a half hours in i'm on the last day and i'm about halfway through the last day so i think i have about one or two quests left and then i'll be finished um so factor behold is you know in many ways superior to stick a truth and in many ways uh it, it makes changes that I don't really think are improvements. Um, the main difference, I would say, is the battle mode, the way the, the battles are done. Yeah. Whereas Stick of Truth is very much akin of, you know, Paper Mario or Final Fantasy. Um, Stick of Truth uh, keeps it very simple in that way, right? You're, you're fighting on one plane. It's very much 2D. In Fracture But Hull, it changes that to like a, a 3D grid. So you have certain characters are are further away than other characters. So you're fighting on this um, like horizontal plane, basically. Okay. Which which adds a certain uh, depth to it and, and makes like certain attacks will only affect people who are standing on certain areas of the grid and stuff like that. So it, do, it does make you think about your attacks a little bit more because you can hit multiple enemies with one or you need to be paying attention to where you're putting yourself because are you in range of other enemies and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I actually really like that. I, I, th I think it's a good kind of progression to it. One thing that it doesn't benefit, though, is using items because when I play Stick of Truth, I, I'm sure probably you were the same. You, re you rely pretty heavily on items in it, you know, for oh, yeah. replenishing your health, your PP... Um, mana and so on. Uh, however, in, in Fracture by Hole, using an item takes up a go. So you, oh, you're really? unlike Stick of Truth, where it's you you can use an item and then do a an attack. In Fracture by Hole, using an item constitutes as your go, and it actually you know you get to a point uh, where where the enemies are so strong that the items that you have don't give you enough of a a health boost, let's say, to warrant using them because your enemy the the damage that the enemies do is more than than that, right? So let's say I'm in range of an enemy, and it's my turn. I can either attack or use an item, 
And if I'm using an item, like a health item, it's of no benefit me if when the enemy attacks me on my next turn, it's going to kill me anyway, you know? So you, you find yourself quite often just going like, well, fuck it, I, I'm going to take the hit and just try and do as much damage on my way out as I can. Which means that a lot of the collecting of like, you know, components for making items and so on is, is, is more or less pointless. Um, one thing that they've done away with as well, which I really don't like about it, is, you know, in um, Stick of Truth, when you collect like junk, basically, it's all little yeah. in jokes and little drawings and explanations of what they are, right? Yeah, all the, all the item descriptions are very funny. Oh, yeah, they, they're gone. They're not in Fracture Behold. What happens in Fracture Behold is you still go to, you know, a, a drawer that has a yellow knob on it. So you go, oh, I can interact with that drawer. Same as in Stick of Truth. Um, and you get like a two-second pop-up on the top right-hand side of the screen of like, you get a, a food. And it's 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 still a, a wacky reference to something, but there's no picture anymore. It's just text. And then when you go to your menu, instead of having the full list of junk items, you just have the different categories. So you have like, you have 200 food. And you can't see in the menus any of the references. It's, it's kind of um, like a little detail that they just did away with, uh, which, which is unfortunate because it's one thing that I liked a lot about it. Um, the game is longer, like I say. So if you like Stick of Truth, it's kind of like more of that. So uh, more more the same, more or less, aside yeah. from the change that I talked about. It's still wickedly funny. Uh, as far as I've got in, there's been no scene censored at all. And there's stuff in it that I think is more risque than the stuff that's that was censored in Stick of Truth. So it's kind of a maybe they just said this time, you know, fuck it. <laughs> if if there's problems, we'll deal with them then. Because there's stuff in Factory by Hall which is, you know, objectively worse than the stuff in Stick of Truth. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't hear of anything getting uh, getting. Nah, there's older. not. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's this, the story is is as strong as as Stick of Truth, if not stronger. But um, I don't know something about Stick of Truth. Uh, maybe it was just kind of the fancy setup of I kind of prefer that to the superhero setup uh, of of Fracture Behold. Something about Stick of Truth I just thought was so kind of charming and so unique that I just kind of fell in love with it. Fracture Behold almost feels like an expansion more than. A revolution of that because a lot of the a lot of the stuff in the game is is just the same um graphically it, i think it looks better although, although stick of truth just looks like an episode of the show fractured yeah. hole is, is a little bit more detailed and the backgrounds are a little bit more fleshed out it does look gen generally better um mm. uh, so still loads of really funny moments in it just such a such a hilarious game um and yeah so i'm coming to the end of it i probably will finish in the next day or two and uh, yeah, really happy I, because I like you. I picked up the the Fractured Behold and Stick of Truth bundle, so I was very happy to to play both of those games. Because when I played Stick of Truth on PS3 originally, I think I must have played it for only five hours and then lost interest. But I'm really happy I went back and played it again because it's it's such a fantastic game. They're great. Mm. So that appears to be the game guff for this week. Tell you what, we never do. Bit of book guff. <gasps> That's right. I'm reading a book. Oh my God. Uh, I'm reading the the disaster artist ahead of the uh, film coming out. Yeah. Um, it's good so far. I don't have much to say about it. Yeah, it's just, it's it's solid. It's funny. Have you have you seen like, the room? Yes. Yeah, I saw the room. I haven't seen it. I do need to check that out before I see the movie. 
Uh, it is it is extremely funny in places. It it is also like kind of boring. In in, in a way, a lot of like famously bad movies are are, are in places just kind of dull. But it, it is parts of it are hysterical. I think I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and the uh, yeah, the book the book is is really entertaining. It's it's uh, Tommy Wiseau is is almost a Carl Pilkington esque, just fascinating individual. Uh, although for different reasons, uh, and I'm looking forward to that film. It seems to be doing very well. So. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, we can move on. I guess to emails. I got, I got a few emails. Go for it. Let me see here. I'll open these up. Uh, I think I had a couple actually for this week. Here, Squarespace. Michael H got in touch and he said, "Do you remember about five years ago when Orton tweeted out a security cam pic?" of a teenager ringing his doorbell. Do you think he caught that guy and beat him up? I have no recollection of this. Um, do you, either of you remember this? Uh, vaguely, but... Uh, no, I don't know what he's talking about at all. Five years ago. Well, I mean, five years ago, Randy Orton posted a CCTV thing of, of someone ringing his doorbell. Well, I can, only, I can only assume he did it. That's why he went to Twitter and posted the video like a little bitch. Oh shit! You're gonna so, take that, Randy. You're damn right he is. You prick. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Uh, the next mail I have here is from Shane. He says, "Hello, Barry. Hope you're well. Uh, finally got stuck into Cuphead this week, which I have not started yet. I, my roommate has it. I gotta gotta get on that soon. Uh, this week, as I'm trying to clear up the leftovers of this year's must-play games list before Christmas, thoroughly enjoying it, and I'll certainly sit comfortably on top te- in my top ten uh, by the time the new year comes around. But fuck me, is it a tough game up there with the likes of Super Meat Boy and Ninja Gaiden? Uh, I'd go so far to say. Just wondered what springs to mind for you in regards to hardest games you've ever played. Thanks for taking my email. Hope you had a good weekend, Shane. Thank you very much, Shane. I did have a good weekend. Uh, ooh, hard games off the top of my head. So you mentioned Super Meat Boy. That's always my go-to. Um, uh, I was praising Wolfenstein 2 earlier this year. That game is like really like frustratingly hard in, in, in a way that kind of negatively maybe negative you know like it a little bit less because it's just some of the level design is very weird and frustrating in that game uh other than that um, i don't know i think i think for me boys always my go-to what about what about you two any hard games come to mind donkey kong country oh yeah god i spent a lot of time on the game boy version of that um what about you paul um my voice is starting to go now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, particularly super hard games. Uh, I would say Donkey Kong Country Returns on um, on the Wii is a seriously hard game. I mean, that makes Donkey Kong Country on the SNES look like a doddle, you know? Um, which is it is a hard game in and of itself, like Joe said. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is like really really difficult rayman legends is, at points is like you have to be so super precise the original dark souls game dark souls i never played dark souls oh, it's a, the original the first dark souls game is so difficult i literally could not get past the painted world of ariamis and i gave up and that's pretty far into the game thank okay. you I'm trying to think. I find a lot of the older games are tougher than the newer ones. And I tend to avoid games like Dark Souls that I know will be too hard. That I won't enjoy them. Um, hmm. 
That's yeah, a, I think that's that's all that's I got. That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, Majora's Mask was a very difficult game for the time. Majora's game. Mask. I mean, I I, I always use the classic uh, example. I don't think the game itself is that hard, but I always there, there was one time where, uh, I think I was like sixteen, seventeen, and I went back to play Link to the Past to play it through again, on the Super Nintendo, and I got stuck. And I didn't get stuck when I played it as a eight-year-old, but I went back and played it and got stuck on it. So that's maybe an indication of how tough that is. I have, by the way, found a reference of what Michael was talking about. I try, I'm currently trying to find more details about it. Um, about Randy Orton's doorbell shenanigans. So just give me a second here. Because there's a tweet... <coughs> excuse me, a tweet by Randy Orton... 19th of February, 2011. He says, A kid just rang our doorbell and ran. He jumped in a white car. Unfortunately for for him, I have eight cameras covering every angle of my home. So I'm trying to see if I can find anything more about it, but that's all I have for now. Anyway. Uh, That's all my emails. Okay, I have an email as well. It's an email that I actually want to throw to Joe, even though it's addressed to me. Because I feel like Joe... Joe's kind of our historian. Mm. Wrestling historian, so he might be able to give some insight on this. This is also from Michael. Subject, wrestling history. JJ. He says, hi, Paul and all. A few Omar eps ago. I don't know what that means. Uh... You were talking about Jeff Jarrett going to rehab. Someone mentioned something to the effect of how he was one of the few to pull one over on the WWF or come out on top in a feud with the WWF. Something like that anyway. I seem to be missing this piece of wrestling history. How did JJ thwart the WWF? Hmm? <laughs> Is that your answer? Sorry, I was uh, I drifted out there. How Jeff, did, Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. How did he thwart the WWF? How did he yeah. he pull one over in the WWF? That's my yeah, when he, when he, yeah when he left, he was the Intercontinental Champion and his contract expired while he was still champion. So he insisted on being paid an absolute fortune. I think I can't remember how much several several hundred thousand. I heard it. I think the the the, the long speculated number was like a quarter of a million. Yeah. So he, he demanded that to drop the belt to um, China for leaving. Um, yeah. Which which makes the finish of that match even more crazy because he beats her and then the decision is reversed and she wins. Like I mean, you like you would you you would you would have imagined she just beats him in ten seconds after pulling that fucking uh, uh, scheme. But yeah, uh, the story story goes that that was that that. Obviously, look, he he went to WCW after the fact, but but that that money was a huge difference maker for him, and he he kind of kept it in his back pocket. And that was his seed money for TNA all those years later. Yeah, yeah that was the at No Mercy nineteen ninety nine, the good housekeeping match. Um, which let me just explain to you what that match is: a match where the ring is surrounded by household objects, which the wrestlers can use against each other. Uh, yeah, that was that was for the Intercontinental title. And Jarrett hit China with the Intercontinental title belt and pinned her. The referee, Teddy Long, however, 
overturned the ruling because the belt was not considered a household item. As a result... I, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, in Jeff Jarrett's house it would be, if he was a champion. I believe uh, Jerry Lawler made that exact point. As a result, Jarrett performed the submission maneuver on Teddy Long, which I can, oh, can only assume was the figure four. Uh, Wikipedia does not, <laughs> does not stipulate. Uh, but China hit him over the head with a guitar. She then pinned him to win the title. So there you go. And yeah, as 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 said, Jeff Jarrett was the Intercontinental Champion at the time that he his contract expired and he was going to WCW, so he held him hostage, basically, for loads of money, and they paid him it. And that's kind of why there's been bad blood ever since between WWF or WWE and Jeff Jarrett until just recently where it was announced that they had paid for his rehab stint. That was kind of the first ever... I would have loved if the person on the phone just goes, well, why don't you just use your $250,000 to go to rehab, Jeff? Yeah, you're fucking brah. <laughs> oh, dear. Imagine. Anyway. Anyway, a bit of wrestling then before we finish up, I guess. Uh, yo, it's got a bit of news here. Uh, so, uh, obviously, again, some stuff to catch up on uh, from the other week. Uh, Paige is back uh, in, in WWE. She's on the Raw brand. She showed up uh, on an episode of Raw. She laid out, I think, who was it? Sasha Banks and Mickey James, was it? We're having a match. Uh, and she showed up with... And the unusual team of her, Sonia Deville, who is the MMA girl from NXT, and Mandy Rose, who is the, uh, like, I assume she she have a background in fitness modeling, was it? She's a new uh, Eva she, Marie, uh, essentially. Uh, How dare she is not that bad. Calm down. I don't mean in Cal- terms of wrestling ability. I mean character and look, I suppose. Okay, yeah, fair enough. She's, uh, you know, the very attractive sort of muscular blonde. Um, So they showed up and laid everyone out. Uh, And then, just like an inexplicable kind of lazy writing, they debuted three NXT women on SmackDown the following night and did the exact same thing. So that was Ruby Riot. Uh, the former Heidi Lovelace, uh, uh, Sarah Logan, who I believe yeah, that was Crazy Mary Dobson of the Indies, and Liv Morgan, who I believe is an NXT kind of just prospect. Uh, so they're a trio, uh, and again they're doing the heel stable thing. They they put a beat down on everyone. They quote unquote injured uh, Becky Lynch. She's off filming the Marine Six now. Um, so that's good. Uh, no, I think the Miz is the Marine again. Oh, for fuck's sake! Why didn't they make her the Marine? That would have been good. That that would have been good. Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, somehow the the Miz is the ha- is now like the longest running the Marine. Yeah, uh, he, he did it. Yeah, he's he he's been in three. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. John Cena was one, obviously. And like that's like their only successful self-produced film, and like why are they still using the name? Because surely the whatever name value there was on that like died immediately with the second one, which I'm sure was a gigantic flop, uh, with fucking Ted Junior 
as oh god as the marine. I mean, I that. you did you reviewed it on the on the old site back yeah. in the day. Um, there's like there's no way they're making money on these, or if they are, there's no way that it's like the fact that it's called the marine makes a blind bit of difference to them. Uh, do but anyway, do you, know, do you know something? I'm looking at the list of marine films here. Okay. The Miz, yeah. the, this is the sixth one, you say? So the Miz, be the sixth one. Yeah, The Miz then is actually has been in four of them. Oh, yeah, he came on in three, was yeah, it? Yeah, he's done three, four, five, and six. The Marine 2, of course, <laughs> was Ted DiBiase. And I had this memory as well of, of Ken Anderson being in one. But do you know what the movie with Ken Anderson actually was? WWE did a version of Black Hawk Down. No, it was Behind Enemy Lines, Columbia. Oh, that was it. Oh, God, yeah. Behind Enemy Lines, that was it. Yeah, I don't know if they like got the rights to that or it was a par- they partnered with the people who... I don't know how that came about. Yeah, but they put Ken Anderson in a movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so reflective of like who they think like their prospects are. Because obviously, you know, in 2009 and 10, they thought Ted Jr. was going to be a big deal for them. Uh, Ken Anderson, likewise, you know, 2008 or whatever, they thought he was going to be a big deal. Um, so, yeah, Ken Anderson, by the way, here's a little bit of news. He did, he did some boxing ring announcing uh, a few weeks ago, yeah. uh, which is probably the perfect role for him, you know, where he like literally comes in, does his ring announcing gimmick, and then leaves. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, uh, so, there, so there was that, yeah, those women's stables are going, obviously, you know, six pretty, pretty interesting, pretty talented folks there. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, a lot of a lot of speculation that the uh, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce team would be up at some point, but that hasn't happened yet. And and since they just called up six women, I don't I don't imagine those two will be making the jump anytime soon. Um, Obviously, very so, weird that they called up some people who have not been on NXT TV a lot compared. To, oh yeah, compared to the the mainstays, you know. I mean, Liv try, Morgan try, has, try, in try, you know. Yeah, Liv Morgan's been there a while. I think that's I think that's fine. I think she's kind of, you know, I don't I don't know if there's much else for her to do in, in NXT, but it's it's certainly weird. The the, the the teams are weird, the logic of who does and doesn't get the call is weird. But uh, there you go. Uh, uh Access, the uh US station that airs the New Japan English uh broadcast in the US kind of highlight packages of matches that are usually you know, a couple weeks back. They're, they're relatively up-to-date, but they are a few weeks behind. Uh, they're going to air uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12 on the 6th of January, which is really only one day late, because, of course, it'll be early morning January 5th uh, in the States is when it'll be airing, right? Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's how that works. I think I haven't bothered Googling it, but that's my understanding of, of the... Uh, of the uh, time zones, and yeah, and so the next the next day they will have it on, a, I assume, a prime time slot, which is good. Um, I assume that will be airing in full. I don't know though. Um, and yeah, so that's obviously the one with the big Jericho match. So I'll be interested to see how it does. Um, New Japan's continued bid for success in the United States. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, and I assume that'll be they have that's the show Jim Ross does uh, English commentary for, so that that may be a, a version that people want to check out. Uh, the legendary Jim Johnston has left WWE. Uh, I didn't know he was still there, to be honest. Um, he, I don't know what songs he's produced in recent memory. 
I don't yeah. CFOs are are the big. Uh, they're the big. They 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 churn them out. Obviously, I mean they 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 do everything. Uh, Johnson, I don't know if he was a, an advisor, if he had a new job or what, but uh, he's been he's been taken out behind the woodshed anyway, um, uh, and, and forcibly retired, I guess. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget when he, he pulled the curtain back and told us how he wrote that song for Vader. <laughs> I was gonna say that exactly <laughs> that example because <laughs> he walks like this. Oh yeah, riveting. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, he's he's gone. Um, there is that. There is a. I'm pretty sure there's a DVD out uh, about the music of WWE. It's like him counting down his favorite songs. <laughs> I bet it's the most boring thing imaginable. I think it's on the network. But uh, yeah, so there you go. No, you know, a, a, an institution. Fair play to him. You know, he's produced. Some of the all-time greats, you know, Steve Austin's music and The Rock and Undertaker and, you know. I mean, in fairness, Undertaker's is just a funeral march. So he didn't exactly compose that one. But with a more pomp and circumstance, sir. <laughs> it's like Vanilla Ice claiming that he did. I didn't do dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Mine is dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. You know, it's like, I put a bong at the start of the funeral oh, march, therefore uh, it's mine. All right, what what artist did the funeral march then? Uh, the Grim Reaper, probably. <laughs> uh, don't fear the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Apparently, it's Chopin uh, did the funeral march, by the way. Quick Google oh, really? search. Let's be know. Who did he ever beat? <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks... Seemingly spurred by a weird Twitter exchange with Dave Meltzer, Cody Rhodes is gung ho about this idea that th- that he and the Bucks and their their pals can sell out a ten thousand seat arena uh, for a wrestling show. I think the original comment was, uh, "Cody's always posted his you know his aspirations for the indie scene, and to be fair to him, you know he wants to help the scene grow and." He, uh, you know, I think he's talked about wanting to sell out a show, and someone I think tweeted Dave Meltzer going, "Do you think, do you think Ring of Honor can do this specifically? Because that's where Cody wrestles in the U.S." And I think Dave just outright said no, and Cody was like, "Oh yeah, well, watch us," and um, and uh, yeah, so 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 they they then publicized the story on on some other wrestling site where they said, "Yeah, we're scouting locations in uh, Chicago, L.A., New York." And uh, I believe the UK. I originally I asked why weren't they thinking in the UK, and someone told me that they are, and, and that it was in the original uh, write up, but I just didn't read it properly. Because uh, you you would imagine like the it would be a shot in the arm in terms of chances of this happening if they were to do it in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, because those guys sell out shows in the UK all the time. You know, hypothetically, progress is going to do a huge. Uh, gate in Wembley, uh, ICW does their big shows. So there's more. Of, there's more of a precedent of non WWE wrestling in 2017 doing well in the UK. Uh, and I, I don't even care. I think they don't even care if they lose money on this show. I think it's more about the kind of the symbolism of it all. <laughs> yeah, that's what wrestling's all about. At the end of the day. yeah, yeah, what, making money is for Max. <laughs> uh. 
So what, what do you what do you like to think? You think this is the, the what what do you think? Let's say it's these those three lads, Skrull, and let's say they get Omega in for a show, and let's say it's in the U.S. So uh, yeah, we'll say we'll say we'll say you know New York. And they those and Omega's the headliner. You think they? What do you think is the best they could do? Uh, it feels like ten thousand be a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe 5,000, they really stacked the card. You'd think, yeah, okay, that's doable. But, I don't, you know, who can they bring in that would draw that, that much? Or yeah, what, what, what can they offer that would draw that much? Yeah, I, I think Cody said something to the effect of, of uh, um, they're not going to you know, bring in every name under the side because that wouldn't be in the spirit of the original debate. Like, I think, I think, I, I don't think it'll be a Ring of Honor branded show, but I think they wanted to at least have the spirit of that. Uh, I, I don't think they, um, uh, you know, they want necessarily to bring in, you know, a bunch of lucha guys and Jack Swagger, you know, like I, I think they want to. <laughs> I don't think Jack Swagger would make a difference. No, no. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, what the opposite, if anything. I had to uh, unfollow Meltzer on Twitter, by the way. In the last, oh, time. he's been unbearable. The he's last so time. fucking annoying. Oh my yeah. god! Every stupid talking point imaginable. Um, I think he's yeah. jumped a shark. Finally, I think he's. Uh, I I can't take him seriously anymore. So I'm done. I'm done with with Big Dave. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, I, I'll uh, get my, I'll get my news from uh, Billy. Is that the <laughs> what was the guy's name? The, the um, what's his website called? The one who looks like Jesus. And he says, "Oh, um, the, like racist or whatever he is, <laughs> he's a homophobe, racist, some, 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 some kind of dickhead of some variety." Um, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it from him. Thank him, you very him much. Him and him and Ryan Satin tweeting the Rock. Yeah, going, Dave Meltzer. Oh, talking oh God, about Satin and Dave going at it. Oh, that was great. That was, <laughs> that was great. Oh, dearie me. Um, by the way, uh, you haven't got a reply from the Rock yet, have you? No. Or a retweet. No, that's that's dreadful. I also uh I asked him just how fun is it gonna be, brother? Uh, with with the hashtag he was using for the press tour and I didn't get a reply. Uh, they played a trailer for it before a trailer I hadn't seen before before in Justice or Justice League rather. Uh, and oh my god. This movie looks so fucking bad. Um and, and that rampage, yeah, they got a rampage uh trailer. That trailer is even worse. That movie also looks absolutely awful. Uh, so yeah, The Rock. Yeah, that's that's the way The Rock's going these days. So um, uh, uh, let me see here. I think that's it. That is all the news. Uh, we can probably. I mean, we can probably do maybe. We can probably skip Survivor Series in the, you know a couple weeks ago at this stage. The only thing I'll I want to say is the uh, the AJ Styles Lesnar match was far better than I expected. Lesnar's yeah, yeah. best match in ages. I can't recall a, a, a better one in recent memory. Uh, did you did you see that match at all, Joe? No, I, I was interested in seeing that, but I, I don't know. I need to either bother to download it or. Yeah, I I I I maybe dig it out. It is it is worth seeing. It's a you know uh, the rest of the show. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but that that match in particular was was the standout. Um, any thoughts on SmackDown, Paul? From this week? Um, uh, what happened to SmackDown this week? Let me think. Um, 
No, SmackDown, aside from the women debut, which we already kind of talked about, um, SmackDown was kind of, kind of nothing this week. Um, Bludgeon Brothers, obviously. Something about the Bludgeon Brothers annoys me, by the way, right? Maybe this is a nitpick, but, but bear with me here, right? The Bludgeon Brothers is Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. They come out with these big hammers, right? But they don't hit anything with the hammers. They just walk down. <laughs> they just walk down the ramp and then slowly put their hammers down, and the hammers don't get used. Would it not be better if they came out and there was like a big, I don't know, uh, I don't want to say like a big gong or something, but something for them to 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 whack with the the hammers a few times, just to kind of emphasize that they have hammers. Uh, watermelon. <laughs> A watermelon with a photo of their opponent's face on it. Yeah. I don't know. Something. Something more than nothing. Because it, it, right now it feels like they just had an idea of, why don't we just why don't we just give them these really big hammers? And then they, they didn't put any thought into it. They just have these hammers for no reason that they never use. Or I don't expect them to hit their opponent in the head with a hammer, necessarily. But No. You could, have, you could, you could do an elaborate entrance with hammers and have them hit and, you know, just have them hit, hit the ramp and a big pyro goes off or... Or hit the stairs and and have big sound effects. They, they literally do nothing with them. They just put them down. Very weird. Um, Hype brothers broke up. Thank God. Oh, did they? Yeah, Mojo turned heel on Zach, beat him all up. Uh, that's that's probably for the best. I don't know that Mojo had much of a future. If it, it did feel very forced as a turn, didn't really feel like it made any sense. Um. No, there was that much, much worth watching on this one. I have to say, it was it was just a procedural, you know, middle of the road SmackDown. Um. So yeah, so uh, uh, let me see here. We're gonna quickly run through uh, the OTT show, which is next week. Hopefully, we will be finished quicker than this actual show, uh, which is absolutely fucking packed to the gills. Um. So uh, they announced uh, that uh, they will have a dark match. So I guess this won't be on the VOD. That dark uh, match uh, sounds it, great, by the way. It sounds like one of the best matches on the card. So um, can, can so I say I, as well? Can, yeah. I, can before we talk about the dark show? There's also another announcement they made in the week, which um, was that the Angel Cruisers will take on Martina and Kaylee Ray in a tag team hardcore match. Yeah. What a load of shite. Yeah, I hate that match. I re- and I love Angel Cruz, and I'm sure like on the night it'll probably be fun. But I hate that they're not doing a women's title match. Uh, and they're and they're that. and they're not doing the match that they've spent months actually building to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing as well. They're just inexplicable. Now I have to assume someone is injured is, or something. Is injured, and it's like if 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 they are, and you can't do the Sammy Logan match, like fine. But like, was this the best you know you could have cobbled together? Anyway, that's yeah, that was very very frustrating. They just put out a video uh, of basically all the heels saying, "Ah, who cares about that match? Let them wrestle each other." So no women's title match, uh, which is a, a bummer. I mean, the story of that title has not been has not been good. I mean, let's just be blunt about it. Um, and and I think I think it really could have used a strong singles match. Uh, with a great opponent like Kaylee Ray. That's the other thing as well, is that, like, you know, Martina and Angel Cruz, I mean, that goes hand in hand. I saw them have a great match in Belfast, uh, a really funny match in Belfast uh, just a few months ago. 
But like, I wanted to see Kaylee Ray come in and have a great match. You know. Yeah, it it, uh, it, it does feel very. Thrown, I mean, they had the whole kind of story on the last one of of Martina. You're you're bad for that title. I'm going to take the title off you. Yeah, and I've got a really good wrestler in to, to beat you, you know. And then they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, they're a tag team, and the title's not on the line." And now, yeah, they're a team. I mean, oh my god. Anyway, uh, I'm assuming they might do an angle on that show where Katie comes back in some capacity. I mean, I know I don't know that anyone wants to see her and, and Martina wrestle again because they've done it so many times. But she is uh, she's returning from injury the previous day on a, on another show, so uh, so she's back wrestling in the country, which is good. Anyway. So yeah, that's that's the um, uh, that was the big announcement during the week. So that match uh, was uh, Kaylee Ray and Martina versus Angel Cruz and Be Cool in an intergender hardcore match. That's the other thing as well. It's it's a hardcore match, so gimmicky uh, craziness is sure to happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the dark match you were talking about, uh, Nathan Martin, who is obviously one of the standouts uh, of the contenders, the new young lads. Uh, he'll face Mike Bailey in the dark match. Uh, which is sure to be great. Again, I'm not quite sure why it's a dark match. I'm not sure what what the cause of that was, but who cares? Uh, We'll be there live, so we'll see it. Uh, So that should be great. Uh, The other match featuring some of the contenders was uh, they basically did an angle where they said the people who impressed on the most recent contenders show got a a, uh, shot at British Strong Style on uh, on the show. And so the team is Scotty Davis... Curtis Murray and Michael May versus British Strong Style, which is a, a pretty damn good six-man tag there in the making. A potential, potentially a huge night for those contenders. Um, uh, they, I don't know if 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 he's full on going to be their mouthpiece, but they they were doing a thing online where it was like Don Marnell got to pick who was on the team. Uh, and he was kind of bigging him up, so I'm wondering if he's maybe transitioning into maybe a bit of a manager role? Question mark. Mm. Not, not not too sure, but uh, that match should be great. I mean, those are some talented folks. Yeah. Uh, and uh, pretty strong style, obviously. There are, are replacing Osprey, who got who got hurt. Uh, or no, not got hurt. He got he got a uh, other other commitments. Something came up. Uh, so there was that. Uh, obviously, then we've got uh, Cody Rhodes versus Flip Gordon versus Phoenix. Again, we don't. We that doesn't make any more sense to us than it would to to any of you. I don't know why they're 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 doing that match, but but whatever. Uh, pretty pretty disappointed that I mean, we've talked about this already. But pretty disappointed that's our that's our Phoenix match. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel, I feel like a lot of the matches announced for this show don't have a lot of buzz behind them. No, like I remember um, around the time of uh, Scrapper Mania. That you just had constant like tweets of this match is coming up. Remember this match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I haven't. I, I barely remember that that match is happening. You know? Yeah. That yeah. That match is so forgettable. And obviously they haven't done anything to build it up because how can you? Because it's three, you know, uh, outer towners squared off against each other. Did you see again? And super again, super frustrating. Not a great use of Phoenix. The Belfast match is. Kings of the North versus Phoenix, Flip, and Haskins. All right. That's just, uh, that just feels like names pulled out of a hat. I mean, at least uh, they're all kind of... 
they're all good. They're all good wrestlers. Again, and and Kings of the North. I mean, it's kind of in Belfast. They kind of do a pretty strong style thing where it's like we're just gonna go out and have a crazy match, and it's gonna be great. Yeah. Um. So that's fine. But again, it's just you know, it just feels weird. But uh, yeah. So there's that match. One match with with some really strong build here. Uh, we do have the um uh, the Rapture, which is Charlie Sterling, um, uh, Zach Gibson, and Chas Samuels versus the Kings of the North. Should it be heated? Should it be a great match? Uh, looking forward to that one very, very much. I think it's interesting, by the way, of the you mentioned the Kings of the North versus Phoenix, Flip Gordon, and Haskins. Because Haskins mm. is, of course, no spoiler, still the champion of this <laughs> right now, you know? Yeah, and, and and in Belfast, like Jordan Devlin has a big singles match with Mike Bailey. Yeah. So it's like, hmm, I wonder who I wonder who's winning the title that 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 previous night. Um well, so yeah, so so well. I mean, hey, look, I I I'm not saying I would I would absolutely expect a guaranteed uh, winner. Has there been any, any news about Smile? Does Smile have a match? He does not have a match, and a lot like a lot of people, I was expecting him to face uh, Scotty. Oh yeah, Scotty uh, Davis is in. Oh no, the, yeah, oh, uh, match. Uh, yeah. So or, originally, I think we were all expecting the Osprey match. Then it seemed like at last month's show they were teasing the Scotty match, and yeah. So Ryan, is, he's been having some problems lately. He 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 tweeted very scarcely uh, over the last few weeks, but he did. There was um, a Lucha Forever show last week, which is his promotion, where people weren't even sure it was going to happen. They weren't answering messages. The wrestlers didn't know if the show was going to happen. Uh, IPW, which is another indie in the UK, they basically stepped in and they were like, "We can, we're going to help run this show, you guys." It was a bit, it's a bit awkward. The show happened, but there was barely any communication from Smile Osprey, who's the money for that promotion, or or he's the the money for that promotion. I don't. I, that's a guess right by me. He's <laughs> he, he's involved in the promotion in some capacity. Um, like I don't know what his official title is, but he did go on Twitter and he was like, uh, "I'm a, I'm in Japan and I also have no access to any of the social media accounts. Fucker can barely run his own account, um, so I I don't know what's going on and I'm sorry." So he was he was of no help to anyone. Um, so so Ryan's you know Ryan's having a tough time. I mean that's fair enough. I don't want to obviously speculate on what what's up with him, um, but he did wrestle in Rev Pro uh, tonight uh, and he tweeted about it after the fact. So I think he's. I think he's uh, trying to get back to business, but again, they have they have been very stum uh, about his what he's doing on the show. Another thing they've been very stum about, and I've actually seen some people speculating if this is even happening anymore. They've been so stum about it. We are allegedly getting the Bobby George Jr. versus Paul Tracy career match. Um, they have not said a peep about that in pretty much since the show. I feel. Yeah, that's true, uh, and that's that. That's that was one of the best builds and most intriguing matches on the show in, in terms of just a pure build, uh, and I'm a little disheartened that they've gone very quiet about it. Again, I have no reason to believe it's cancelled. It's literally just that that they've been very quiet. Yeah, about it's like it. we say the 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 promotion for this one has been a bit weird. I just I just don't feel like I see a lot about it, whereas with past shows I I had. Mm. Like I could like I couldn't tell you about memory what a lot of the sh- the matches even are because mm. i just haven't been exposed to them as much as i know yeah them, you know like when when you brought when you brought up the the pre-show match i knew it was mike bailey against one of the young lads but i couldn't remember which one it was <laughs> because i i don't see the ad that much 
So uh, yeah, I hope I hope that match happens. It it just it feels a little bit like a, a bit of a whiff of the old uh, Tigre Uno about it, where they're they're just keeping quiet. And I think when when Devlin hits the ring in the main event, we're, that's when the penny. That's when we're going to find out that they're not doing the, the Bobby George match. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully, hopefully that's not the case, and that match does happen. But we'll see. Do uh, we have the other big imports match, which is the Young Bucks and Marty Spurrier versus Dalton and the Boys? Uh, again, you know, we talked we talked about that when they announced it. It's a, it's a pretty tame, uh, you know, imports versus imports uh, match. Dalton is great live. I'm I'm great. He's in OTT. I hope he comes back. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's a disappointing one. Uh, Belfast got the better match there on that one. The next night they're doing uh, Dalton and the Boys versus Angel Cruz and Be Cool and his brother I Am Cool, which most people are speculating is Mr. Joe Coffey uh, because of the 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 running gag that that Joe Coffey looks like Be Cool, like inflated. Yeah, uh, and also his his ring name is Iron Man, so you know I Am Cool. Yeah, and he. Wasn't he so that, like in the main event of the contender show there? Yeah, he just yeah he was just in the main event of the contenders show. So yeah, so that that again that sounds like a great match. I wish we got to see that. Uh, but anyway, and then uh, I think that takes us to the main event, does it? Yeah, I don't know, uh, probably. Yeah, well, you're the wrong person to ask, I guess. Uh, so yeah, then we have uh, Jordan Devlin versus Mark Haskins for the title. They've done it. The videos they've done for this on their YouTube channel have been great. They are just going for the pure, straightforward build of, of champion and challenger. They're they're hyping up the you old know, Devlin's the hometown boy, and Haskins is the respectful and, and liked champion. But you know, he's 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 also the foreign enemy. You know, so uh, so they've done a good job. Uh, with that, uh, looking forward to that match. I'm sure it'll be very heated, and I'm sure it'll, you know, I, I think that'll be an occasion where I think there's a good chance that main event will will be the show stealer. It'll be the best match of the show. So, well, uh, yeah. there's nothing else that is really jumping out. Uh, I don't know, Kings of the North. I think that match might, uh, you know, that might that could be that could be great. But uh, yeah. so yeah, they've done some shuffling. Uh, there are some unclear aspects of the card. I'm shuffling. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back uh, next week to, to talk about it. Most we, likely, we, we might we might do a little separate. Yeah, we might split off and do that. Dep- depending on how, yeah, depending on how much how much there is to talk about with it. Uh, so yeah, uh, so that's going to do it really for this week. I would say, uh, yeah. So, chairshoppodcast dot com is where you can go to order some hangover pills. Oh, that'd be great. No, it's where you go to send us an email on that, right? Do that, and also listen uh, next week on your podcast service of choice, right? So, <laughs> so uh, with all that said, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye. And goodbye, Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye.